0: Hello, hello, welcome to this morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this episode. Welcome to Griff Talks Football, and no, it is not original, but it's the best I got anyway for the title, and it's my show, so there you go. I uh, Not that creative in a sense, but you know, I might change it up, who knows. But, not talking about that, we're talking about... The Judahian Clowny trade, and from the perception, or at least from the fans in Houston, or the articles in Houston, or the articles about the Texans, whether it's uh, NBC, Bleacher Report, it's the the main thing you'll theme that you will see is the uh, Texans whiffs that um, they got pennies. Or receive pennies from Seattle when they trade David Clowney to them. Or they receive future draft picks to get a really good left tackle and an okay receiver just for depth. But a lot of people are still not understanding why why trade pennies for, you know, or not trade, but receive pennies for and Clowney and such forth, which I wouldn't say pennies. Right? There is some value there. I mean, of course, the third-round pick from Seattle, but then there's also two players they got. Uh, been, uh, it's uh, Mingo, this is his last name. I can't remember his first name, and Jacob Martin. Mingo was a first-round pick a couple years ago from LSU, who was not lived to the expectation, of course, of becoming a dominant pass rusher, but still a good athlete by any means. And then uh, Jacob Martin was from, uh, I want to say he's from Temple. He's also an outside linebacker slash DN or or pass rusher, if you will. Uh, But he's got high motor. What that means is uh, he consistently – uh, plays to the ball uh, and it takes him a while to actually get tired. You can also say it's a lot of effort on his part. Um, but just to go over the results, to get some context here before I continue. Uh, so yes, the Seahawks received uh, even Clowney, the Dolphins uh, received two future first round picks, as well as a couple of players. I can't remember on top of my head. And then Houston, received from the Dolphins, uh, Laramie Tunzel, who's 25 years old, he's one of the best, if not the best left tackle, the best young left tackle in the game right now. And then you have Kenny Stills, who's been in the league for a while, but they'll probably just have him in at, uh, as a depth chart for receiver, fourth string, if you will, or fourth receiver on the depth chart. Because um, there's Kiki QT as a slot that um, we'll see if he stays healthy throughout the season, as well as Wolf, will Fuller, who runs a 4-3 still in a 40yard dash. he's still one of the fastest receiver, if not the fastest receiver in the game. Uh, but health is an issue, and then you have DeAndre Hopkins who has consistently played to a level of excellence uh, to be arguably be one of the best receivers, if not the best receivers in the game right now. Amongst Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, several other players. And that also includes Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and so, again, the Dolphins received two future first-round picks, as well as a couple of players. And then the Seahawks, again, uh, had Jadavion Clowney. I argue that it's not as bad as people think, as people receive it. Um, Number one is that the the Texans have now improved their own line immensely. Like last year, and the franchise is in the top ten, so they – the franchise places at number one and number ten for most sacks allowed in the season. Of course, uh, with David Carr, it was like eighty-two sacks, I believe, which is an NFL record. Um, He's a quarterback back from early two thousands, from two thousand two to two thousand six, and then uh, the current quarterback, Deshaun Watson, was sacked sixty-two times and was hit over a hundred times, and that's not good. <laughs> Um, but, again, through free agency, Houston has at least has signed average or at least good O-line. So they've approved their own line tremendously with the, with getting Lamer, uh, Laramie Tunzel. All right, they're paying him pennies right now. They don't have to worry about getting a, him another contract if they really want to keep, keep him, which I do think they will. I think they'll find a way to keep him there. But they don't have to worry about that till the after the 2020 season, so you know, around two almost two years from now, um, also they freed up cap space, they have enough cap space to keep the core players um, inside potential really good players at different positions, especially if they're still looking at improving their own line, which I imagine they will. But then you, they also freed up Cat's face for the future to, again, sign Larry Tunzel and sign Deshaun um, Watson or extend both of their contracts. And so that's another term. And then you have to think about the division that Houston's currently in. Andrew Luck had retired recently. And there's Nick Foles in the Jaguars, but he's okay. He's an average quarterback. They have Marcus Mariota, who gets hurt on nearly every play. All right, that's not true, but he's not healthy. And behind him is another QB that has not stayed healthy, Ryan Tannehill. Now, arguably, Titans or Colts probably have the best O-line within the division, but you have to consider the quarterback, too. And the quarterback for the Colts currently is Jacoby Brissett, and we'll have to see if he is going to stay excellent or if he's just going to flame out, he has not played much, but he was drafted in the 2016 season by the Patriots and was traded to the Colts in 2017, has been with the Colts ever since, and they just signed him to a contract of uh, $3 million on a two-year deal. So the Colts are really trying to win now, or at least if he performs well within those two years, really want to keep him. That I can't say, but you can't justify having two pass rushers or at least try to have two excellent pass rushers when you can now free up cat space to improve your whole line. And then you have to realize that Clowney has not all, has, hasn't stayed healthy. Um, you have to consider that he was drafted in 2014, but he hasn't had Exactly a healthy season until 2016, played, I would say, average at best in 2017, and then he played pretty well uh, this past season. But you also have to consider, is he really that dominant of a pass rusher? He's never had double-digit sacks. Right? He's a great athlete, don't get me wrong. He He moves around a lot in terms of shifting on defense. He can really excel against any old line or at least the best visibility if it's against an average O-line or just a good lineman. But if it's against an excellent offensive line or an excellent lineman, then he may not excel as much. And I say that because you have to consider now the Seahawks are in a are still in a difficult position. Uh, the Cardinals, they don't have a great O-line. I don't see any problems that will cause Clowney uh, to struggle then you have to look at the 49ers. They have a a pretty good, excellent core of offensive linemen, including left tackle Joe Staley. And I know the 49ers have not been successful for for the past couple years. They haven't had a winning season since uh, 2013. However, at least these past two years under head coach Kyle Shanahan, um, they have not been healthy. And they've been slowly turning over their roster into a really good roster. And so if players stay healthy, I imagine, despite being in a tough division and somewhat of a tough schedule, that they'll excel and may compete. I'm not saying they'll win a division, but I'm saying they're, they will most likely compete for a wild card spot. Uh, which, if you didn't know, there's only so there's like four divisions. Uh, Any team that wins the division goes on to playoffs, and then there's two wildcard spots. Uh, So if a team didn't win the division, but they have a good enough record amongst other teams, they'll claim that playoff spot. Um, And then you also now have to consider, well, first off, don't forget about the Rams, too. They were just in the Super Bowl a couple months ago, and they have one of the best online in the game, too. Yes, they're kind of getting... A little bit older, especially their left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, but he's, despite being pretty old, up in his 30s, almost 40s, he's still an excellent offensive lineman. So I don't see Jaden Clowney having really good success against him, despite age and athleticism. It's really about technique in that situation. And Andrew Whit- Whitworth is probably one of the most smartest and most technically sound tackles or offensive linemen in the game, especially a left tackle, especially when it's a blind side, or at least that position, that left tackle position is known as a blind side, uh protector for a quarterback because most quarterbacks in the NFL are right-handed. So, Clowney's only against the 49ers twice a year. He's going against the Rams twice a year. Then they have a tough schedule. Steelers, they have an excellent own line. They also have excellent receiving core. They also have Ben Roethlisberger. He's not easy to bring down. And then the Saints, despite losing their center, Max Unger, they still have an excellent offensive line. Drew Brees is still, if not the best, which I agree is the best quarterback in the game currently. So it's very difficult to reach to him too. He's still mobile at the age of forty, but he throws the ball tremendously well, and times the throws tremendously well. And then you now you have to look at, oh man, Falcons! They just drafted their, uh, they just drafted two offensive linemen, signed a couple offensive linemen, so they've improved their own line tremendously. Matt Ryan is one of the best quarterbacks in the game. They have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, Austin Hooper. They're gaining back Devonta Freeman. So I don't see Clowney get into him as fast as possible or at least get into Matt Ryan in three seconds. And I say three seconds because they have the ability to just throw it quick with no problem because you have one of the best receivers in the game who's also a beast Leo Jones, and other receivers, and a running back, and an excellent tight end. They have a great group of skilled players. And the last, uh, but definitely not least, they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. They were in the playoffs last year. They lost in the divisional round. uh, The Philadelphia Eagles, they still have one of the best, excellent offensive linemen in the game. They have Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, a couple other players who have been in the Pro Bowl. They have a if healthy Carson Wentz is one of the most athletic and mobile quarterbacks in the game too. So and to give Seattle a 31 a 32-1 bet as to win the Super Bowl this year, I find utterly ridiculous. It doesn't consider at least I don't think, but it doesn't consider the offensive line men that clowny and the rest of the pass rushers from Seattle are going up against. It doesn't consider the skilled players that Seattle's defense is going to go up against. It doesn't consider the coaches from both on the 49ers, the Rams, the Falcons, Eagles, Steelers, and Saints that Pete Carroll and the rest of the staff have to consider and have to game plan against. You really think Clowney is going to wreck an entire game? Against the Saints, against an excellent offensive play caller in Sean Payton, do you really think he's going to wreck an entire game against the Steelers when you have excellent receivers and a quarterback that, despite being mid-30s, is still difficult to bring down? He's probably one of the strongest quarterbacks in terms of upper body, lower body, mid-body, core, just core strength in general, one of the strongest quarterbacks in the game. And then you also, now again, Eagles, Falcons, and the 49ers twice, Rams twice. So for for them to be considered as a Super Bowl favorite is utterly ridiculous. I still think they might, you know, make it to the playoffs. They have a better opportunity to do so. But to say that they're definitely going to win the Super Bowl, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. But that is, the, that is it today on my thoughts about the and Clowney trade. I'm still working on my Season 1 finale, and that's going to be prior uh, to Thursday's night game against the uh, Packers and Bears, which is kicking off the 100th NFL season, which is amazing, and I'm looking forward to that game. And as I am wrapping this up, just remember... The Texans now have a group of healthy players. They have cap states to buy or at least get more free agents to improve their offensive line in the future. They have a great young left tackle in the game. They're not not worrying about any injury history. Clowney is done with injury history. And they're in a division that's not as tough as the NFC West that doesn't have excellent offensive linemen you could argue Titans and Colts, but it's definitely not as excellent as Rams or Eagles or even uh, Saints and Steelers for that matter. Um, But that is, again, my thoughts, and I think Houston overall probably could have gotten more for Jaden Clowney, but, you know, they are in an excellent position to still make the playoffs. So that is it for my thoughts today. Thank you so much for taking your time to listening to this episode. I hope you have a great morning, afternoon, or night, or whenever you're listening to this. Uh, And take care, and I will publish another episode soon. Have a great day.